It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a trap. It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too quiet. It's all happening. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back. It's a good day to talk about nostalgia memories of tomorrow. I'm your host, Nyatafa. Joining me on today's episode is Kari. How's it going, Kari? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, good people? We're here today to talk about Kari's short film that he's been working on in collaboration with usual host of the pod, Duncan. I'll be your host on today's episode, giving Kari a chance to be on the other side of the pod. This is the fifth episode in this mini series. These Monday episodes have been releasing weekly where we go through Kari and Duncan's short film and discuss the progress that they've made. And we interview a couple guests and we really try and get an insight on the filmmaking process. Once the short film is done, we'll find another topic. But for the next few weeks, we'll be discussing nostalgia memories of tomorrow. Sound good, Kari? Sounds good. So, Kari, I've, I've known you since uh, my second semester at UNC. So we, we've known each other for what, five or six years now. I honestly didn't know that you were as interested in movies as you were until Duncan let me know that y'all were working on nostalgia tomorrow. So just let me, because I'm I'm curious as well, but let, let, let us and the listeners know or how you sort of got interested and what made it like a, a tangible thing that you wanted to like to work on. Yeah, absolutely. And wow, five, six years, I feel old. I remember it being, you know, I, Two par- both of my parents are really into film and TV. So we spent a lot of time as a kid, like, you know, gathering around the TV to watch uh, either movies or TV shows. And I'll never forget how caught up we were all in Lost, the first few seasons of Lost, which I still think is some of the greatest uh, uh, TV writing that we've seen in the past few decades. But that was really what sparked my interest as a kid. I wrote, I think, my first TV show, I guess it was pretty, uh, I took a lot from loss, so it, I'm not sure I could ever put it out there, but I must have been like 10 or 11 years old. I think I got like two seasons of content down um, and just fell in love with the whole process, like creating another world and the characters. And, um, you know, there's something just about the, the whole thing around writing and, um, you know, creating art that, that really uh, stuck to me. So I actually was planning to major in screenwriting when I came to college. I did like a whole summer course on it at UCLA in high school. Um, and then, you know, some point along the way, I wanted to make money. And so that's kind of how I got drawn away from the um, path of a screenwriter, but kept doing it on the side. You know, I have a, a few screenplays that uh, I've been working on, you know, outside of my day job, but uh, yeah, just something that I always had a passion for. And so when Duncan approached me with a short film that we thought we could be able to, you know, shoot ourselves, it was like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I knew your parents were were interested in, in TV, but I didn't know like what the connection really was. I've actually never seen Lost all the way through. I can't get like past the first couple episodes, but I know I really need to watch it. Really? Oh, man, it was kind of groundbreaking when it came out it was the most money ever spent on a pilot it had the budget of like a feature film it was like a 40 million dollar pilot 
they almost got fired from the network. This is like J.J. Abrams before he was J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Uh, he went on, obviously, to do like Star Trek and stuff. But that's kind of where he made his name, the Lost Episodes, which were just incredible, kind of paved the way for some of the big dramas that we saw later in the decade, the Game of Thrones is, the Breaking Bads and the Mad Men's and those kind of shows all kind of uh, drew inspiration from um, from Lost and what they were able to do. So yeah, definitely. So has a, a big place in my heart, but terrible ending. So I'm not sure I recommend watching the whole That's thing. what I've heard. And I, I think that there's a lot of people who like may not have read the books and aren't that invested in like Game of Thrones, for example, but they hear that the ending was, I mean, everybody fucking hated the ending. And so they might not even start it. And I've heard that the lost ending is terrible. And that's like kind of been a discourager. But I know like leading up to it, I think especially the first couple of seasons, I've heard really good things about. So I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm going to do a lost pod at some point. Yeah, that would be good. Season by season or something. So if you, if lost is like, it seems like lost is really important to you and to your creative process. Or like it was like an inspiration as part of your creative process. Is there anything that you've brought over from like the first TV show? It seems like they really loved like any inspiration that you've taken from Abrams or like any like nerdy shit that you, Oh, he did this this way. And I really like this about lost. Like, have you brought any of that to nostalgia? A little bit. I think in the beginning, you know, not knowing that much about writing a lot of what I did was, was uh, taken from the, my favorite shows. So one thing that Lost did really well is weave storylines together with a large ensemble cast. So it was 20 or 23 stars, you know, having to weave all their storylines together. Something that was just difficult to pull off well that um, I took inspiration from in the beginning. But the more I got into writing and directing, the more I wanted to avoid, you know, having my own style be taken from something that someone else is doing so I actually tried to to not you know watch or follow certain individuals too carefully to avoid kind of you know becoming a copycat of of the work they put out um but I do you know in the movies and tv shows I watch will will take mental notes of ooh the way they shot this scene was really nice or you know the over the head camera here looked really good or the plot device they used here, I think, worked really well. So mental notes in films that I try to pull into what we're doing, but um, not try to try to make it an original versus a, a copy of something else. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Like when you you know when you first start off, you're kind of figuring out based on what you do know, and then you figure things out a little bit more concretely for yourself as you get a little bit more experience. So. I know that you and Duncan kind of like split duties in terms of who's shooting. And it seems like since he's starring, I don't know if you play, are you playing a role in the film? I have a small cameo. I'm I'm not going to spoil it for the fans out there listening. We'll see if you can spot me when I wait, when I make an appearance, not, not too difficult to do, but I have a, I have a very small role. Okay. So it seems like you're probably doing a lot of this shooting. So is, how is it with like meshing your vision for how a shot should be taken uh, and like working that with Duncan since uh, he started the writing and everything? And I'm sure he has like a mental vision of how everything goes since he first wrote it. How does that like process work? 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, you know, a learning process. Duncan, obviously, being the star of the film, is obviously in front of the camera more than he's behind the camera. So I end up doing a lot of the, the camera work and the directing. And I definitely enjoy the directing piece of it, but I will be honest, I'm not that good of a cameraman. So some of the shots have been um, not as good as we would liked, um, which has been been difficult. But, you know, in terms of blending the vision that Duncan has had and, and that I have, it's just, uh, like I mentioned, it's a working, it's a, you know, we get better over time. Um, I think Duncan and I share the same vision in a lot of points, so that makes it easier. So a lot of the scenes that we're shooting, we're both kind of trying to accomplish the same thing. In those instances where, you know, maybe Duncan is thinking we want to do it one way and I think another way might be better. A lot of the time we just shoot both and then let kind of the content decide. So we both try to, I think, step away from what we prefer and just try to defer to whatever looks better on screen. So um, we've kind of done it that way, which is so far yielded some good results. So, yeah, like, like I said, it's a, it's a work in progress. Did you know any of the other actors other than Duncan? I mean, any, like, did you know, like, Zipporah, who have had on the show, for example, before? And how was, like, the process going? Because I guess Duncan said he, he met her. And how was that introduction? Because she plays a pretty big role. How was that, like, introduction? And where is she at with the whole process and, like, working with you? Yeah, all the, the co-stars we've been working with have been great. Jill, Emily, Zipporah. You know, uh, I don't know if Duncan mentioned this on a previous pod, but Emily and Zipporah, he both met via Hinge, just making it clear on his profile that he was looking for a, a co-star in the film. So, no, we didn't know either of them beforehand, but, um, you know, I've gotten to know them via shooting. They've done a great job plugging in. It's been, um, you know, probably a little difficult from all parts because, you know, they, they know it's an amateur production and we're trying to do our best to, you know, make a high quality film, but there are just, you know, some parts where they have to kind of work along with us, um, which I think has been a fun experience too, where they get to get experience doing a few different things. You know, sometimes they're behind the camera, sometimes they're helping with the editing or the, you know, costume design. So it's kind of been like an all hands on deck approach, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, so I haven't, haven't worked with, uh, any of the other co-stars before, um, but you know, yeah, they've done a great job. So maybe we can uh, do something as a group in the future. Yeah. Do you, I know Duncan's got some other screenplay ideas. Do you have anything that you're, you're sitting on that you want to make a little bit more concrete? I have a ton of five page long screenplays in my Google drive just stashed. Unfortunately, most of them are feature films that require us significantly higher budget than what we're working with on this film so maybe I'll try to tweak some of those to you know fit a more modest budget or see if I can come up with some new ideas that are more realistic but um, definitely want to see you know once we once we get this one wrapped if there's a possibility of doing anything down the line that, that sounds pretty good I mean from what I understand like everybody on the film that's especially the guys behind the camera or the, the guys and girls behind the camera definitely have ideas that they want to move forward with so was it kind of tough working with somebody else's vision like obviously Duncan approached you and I know you jumped on it because it was like experience that you wanted to have but is it tough 
adapting somebody else's vision to like what you see behind the camera it is it's probably tougher for duncan where he has this you know baby in his head that's being pulled in eight different directions and you know is coming out a much different product than he envisioned it but it, it hasn't been as bad from from my point of view you know it's it's um because i didn't have you know it was it was duncan's idea and he wrote it so you know, he's a lot more attached to, to certain elements and, and has just a much more concrete view of what the final picture would look like. Whereas from my perspective, I'm just trying to, you know, shoot the script in the best way possible. So um, it hasn't been as, it hasn't been that difficult working with someone else's vision. It's just been uh, a process trying to align, you know, what Duncan would like to see in the final version of the the film kind of based on his vision with you know what is best on screen what's realistic so merging those two has been kind of the the work that's been required but um if anything it's been a little easier not being not having that like emotional attachment to the product i'm putting out um obviously there's attachment that i'm working on as a project but because i you know it's not my uh i didn't conceive the idea um, there's just a slightly different bond to it. So it hasn't been that bad from that perspective. Like your, uh, like your stepchild, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, you know, love it like it's a child, but you know, there's no blood relation. <laughs> yeah. So I, D- Duncan was letting me know he was picking up some equipment from you today. From what I understand, like everything's being shot on iPhones. Like what are any, like other than that, what else are you guys working with? Yeah, equipment is uh, a loose term for a dollar. I don't even know the name of this, so maybe we can we can cut it in. The equipment we're working with is essentially like a tripod stand to you know for any like stationary shots, and then there is a stabilizer that we have for the camera to help for some of the you know shots with movement above the head, et cetera, to help get the camera in one steady location. But a lot of the equipment that we've been using is just, you know, the, our two hands and a little bit of creativity. So it's, it's been a you know, guerrilla effort on that part. To your point, we are shooting with, with an iPhone, which has looked surprisingly good. Um, and I think the hope is that if we can show what we're able to do with just an iPhone and some can-do attitude maybe you know someone with some money will think that you know with additional funds we can put something together that looks a little bit better so that's kind of the, the hope oh yeah so you it seems like you have like a lot of grand ideas with feature films and everything do you see yourself transitioning away from you know like your quote-unquote or do you see yourself transitioning away from your day job and wanting to work in, in film full-time once you got a little bit of a next egg built up? I definitely see myself working in film full-time at some point in my life. Probably, you know, maybe one of the last jobs I'll have. Whether that's sooner or later, I think it's kind of to be determined based on, you know, what kind of financial safety net I have, <laughs> what you know, how well some of these short, short films we do um, end up doing. So combination of a few factors, but I think scenario I've been thinking about the most is, you know, a few different 
ventures um, that I take on outside of film that gets me to the point maybe, you know, 15, 20 years down the line when I have some, you know, money to work with, I can fund the projects myself and then kind of go full-time into writing and directing uh, from there. But definitely um, a job I see myself holding at some point in my life. Have you ever had any interest in acting? I have. I think I could be a good actor, although I haven't really tried. So a lot of that's just moxie. But um, I think my, I think the, the place I would do the best is probably directing or writing something behind the camera. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the star quality that it takes to be a, to be a good actor. But we'll see. I'll definitely give it a shot at some point. Yeah, don't say it so short. I mean, maybe in the next one, you got your vision. You want to see how it needs to be, or you want to. You got your vision. You have to be the one to act it out. So hopefully, we'll see on the billboards at some point. I was actually approached by a casting director at a bar, maybe four or five months ago, who wanted to cast me in the reboot of Gossip Girls. So maybe there is uh, potential there. Um, <laughs> didn't end up working out, but, you know. Will you pursue it? Uh, yeah, I followed up with uh, the woman a few days later. It turns out they'd cast the role or given the role to someone else. But, um, yeah, maybe there is something there that other people notice. So we'll see. That would be sick. That would be. Very flattering. Very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the end of this show, everyone really happy if you stuck with us this far i look forward to next week where we'll have another guest on kari thanks for giving us some insight into your process and your history connecting you to nostalgia memories of tomorrow looking forward to seeing you soon man yeah absolutely thanks for having me on and thanks for everyone listening who's been supporting us throughout the whole process you know this means this means a lot um that you guys are willing to you know consume the content we're putting out so you know appreciate the support and uh yeah definitely looking forward to being on again in the future sounds good while you're waiting for new episodes to drop be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at good data pod and on facebook at gdt podcast and also subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify or anywhere else you listen to podcasts remember you can always find us by searching letters g d t anywhere podcasts are available Full episodes of our show release every Friday with bonus bonus episodes releasing on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Next week, we have two extra episodes releasing as Kenobi, the new Disney Plus series, is premiering next week. On Tuesday, we'll be going through Iron Man 2 with the regular Marvel squad. And on Thursday, we'll be going through Set It Off. Friday, we've got an interview with writer Matt St. Jack with Duncan and Gardner. And Saturday and Sunday, we'll be doing two bonus episodes to go over Kenobi episodes one and two. Hope to see you guys all there. And I'll see you guys tomorrow.